Hello, 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 everybody. It has been a long time since I've done a podcast. Um, just to kind of explain where I've been, I'm in the middle of a fire academy right now. Yes, that also means that I am training to be a firefighter. Woo! So, that's where I've been the last, like, two months. Since my last podcast, it's been a really long time. And... What I, I really want to talk about is uh, I want to talk about my failure. Um, I feel like failures are a huge thing that you need to experience in your life. Because not only do you fail, but you also find out about yourself in the terms of like who you are as a person. Because once you fail, there's only one thing that you can do, and that's to learn from your failures become a better person from it, and then apply it to your life, those lessons that you learned. And in this academy, I had a really, really fucked up day that I want to talk about. Um, it. I'm currently in nine weeks in my academy. This happened, I don't know, like week six, I would say, maybe week five, around that time. So I've been sitting on this story for a really long time, and now I want to share it. So, what happened was that we don't have a training facility at, in my academy, so we have to go to a different location, and that location is at a state prison, or a county prison, I think. Pretty sure it's a county prison. Anyways, so here's some background story to this, to this failure that I, I uh, experienced. So we're doing an evolution. What an evolution means is that it's basically a written scenario that you have to do in front of your instructor, um, a proctor, whoever whoever is helping you through that evolution. You have to prove to them that you can do set assignment. And this day, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. This day, our mission was called a tactical search and rescue. What a tactical search and rescue basically boils down to is that I and a partner have to go in and we have to rescue someone. So the, so the background story for this is that the evolution, I have to search a two-story building completely blindfolded. I have to go to the second story and find a dummy. And this dummy is basically a child, 75 pound dummy. And I have to find this child and bring it out of the building. So what this simulates is a search and rescue that you have to go into the building, find the child, go back down the stairs, go out of your entry point that you came in. So entry and egress. Or egress and ingress, whatever. You get it. You know, you know, yeah. So, what I have to do is I have to go in, go in full PPE. What PPE means is it means protective or personal protective equipment. What that is is I have to go in full turnouts. If no one is up to date on what a turnout means, that's my full entire gear with my, my helmet, my gloves, my coat, my hood, my protective hood, 
I have to go in with the SCBA. SCBA is basically a self-contained breathing apparatus. That's like, uh, if anyone's ever seen like any pictures of firefighters, any videos, it's like that big air cylinder that sits on your back and then it wraps around and there's a hose that's connected to a regulator. Put the regulator onto your face mask and you're able to breathe for you through positive air, right? So I have a buddy system and in the firefighting and fire service, there's a key thing that you always have to remember when you're going into any type of structure or any type of environment. It's called the two in two out system. What that means is that you as a firefighter are going in with your counterpart who is also a firefighter. And if you two go in together, you need to come out together. Hence two in two out rule. So that's like a broaded rule, broad statement. Everyone knows what that means. What made this evolution or this scenario very difficult is that you are completely blindfolded. You have to crawl on your hands and knees and you have to follow a hose. And what a hose is, is it is a, it's a, a hose, like a, like a hose. I don't know how to explain a hose, which is connected to a fire hydrant and it goes through this building and it's wrapped around. There's a whole bunch of kinks and knots in it. And you have to follow this hose to this dummy, which is in the second story. But what makes this even more difficult is that there are two separate hoses that you have to follow. You have to follow a, an attack hose, which means that it's a hose with a nozzle at the very end of it. And then to leave the building, you have to find a separate hose called your supply line and you have to follow that hose out of the building back to the fire hydrant then you are completed with your mission so like i said our mission is we have to go find this child from the second story and bring it back down so i'm preparing to go into this building i have all my ppe on i have everything on make sure everything works right you want to make sure you have air Make sure you, you have a full cylinder of air because you're going to be needing a lot of air to perform under this work environment and make sure that you have adequate air so that you don't lose air in the middle of your evolution or else you're kind of, you know, to put it just blanketed, you're fucked, right? If you lose air, that's it. You can't breathe anymore. So as I'm preparing to go in, you have what's called a firefighter one and a firefighter two commanding the hose. So the firefighter one, which is what I was, you lead into the building and your partner is behind you. So the rule, the rule is, and the trick is, is that you always have to be in contact, physically touching your partner. So you know where they're at at all times. Now keep in mind, we're blindfolded. So we have to use all of our extra sensories because we cannot see anything. So I have to go in holding the attack line. And when I go in holding the attack line, I'm in my hands and knees and I'm crawling through this building. As I'm crawling through this building, you have to go in, you have to follow the hose and the hose brings you into multiple different rooms, but you have to be able to go in through the room continuously hold on to the hose and with your opposite hand your free hand you need to fill around your personal barrier 
for what's going on. So this will simulate a a fire, right? Where like in in a in a structure fire, you're not going to be able to see as much because of the smoke. There's debris all over the place. So you have to really trust yourself. And at the time, I was not I was not confident in what I was doing. I when you have the SCBA on and you have this face mask on you, right? You like you start to get all of these little like you start to get in your head a lot. You start to get like really claustrophobic when you're doing things. Um, if you're not practicing your breathing, you can overwork yourself and start hyperventilating. And then when you start to hyperventilate, you're starting to use a lot of air and you're just putting a lot of stress on your body, which starts to like mess with your brain a little bit. And what I mean by that, it's like you start to release endorphins, your adrenaline spikes you can just essentially panic at any point if you're if you're way too in your head which is exactly what happened to me so we'll bring it back so i'm in there holding the hose as i'm crawling i get to one of the very fir like the first difficult things is what they do is they they cross those two hoses together and they mix them so as i'm going i run into a huge pile of hoses that if you take the wrong hose, you will be completely thrown off your course and you'll be thrown off of your initial mission, which is just to hold the hose that you started off with so you can go find the dummy. So I'm holding the hose and I finally managed to scramble through this, this little pile, this little like twisted knot, and I find my right hose. And I start going, start trucking along, we're fine. We go to the first room. So when you go to the first room, you have to pick a point of entry. So say if I'm picking my left side, for the whole entire side of that room, I have to stay on the left side. I have to make sure that I'm touching the wall and I'm also feeling out in my area just in case I see anything, feel anything, start to like remember what I'm actually touching, right? Because we all know that if you go into a bedroom, right, and you hit a dresser, we all can like feel around and feel what a dresser feels like, right? Same thing with a bed. You can hit a bed post, kind of feel up the up the up the frame, find blankets, hit a mattress, whatever. Like you you know that, right? So I get out of the first room, go back out to the main room, and then I have to do that again for a second room. We're fine, right? As I get to the second room, I come back out and then I hit another one of those those hose entanglements. So I've hit run into two so far. So what I'm telling myself as I'm hitting these these hoses that are just intertwined with each other, they're just all kinds of messed up. It really like starts to throw you off a little bit because you're picking up the hose and you're not letting go, but you're also telling yourself like am I actually grabbing the right hose? Because you're also telling yourself, if I don't have the proper hose, I will get lost. And it is very easy to get lost in a structure when you cannot see and you have to just rely on your sensory systems, right? So I'm start my, my breathing is starting to pick up a little bit because I'm I'm not panicking, but I'm starting to like really just get in my head and start thinking about am I on the right hose? Am I actually following the right way, right? This whole entire time I'm talking to my partner, I'm like, if I lose him, I'm screaming, 
hitting the ground. Hey, hey, where are you? Where are you? Like, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. And as we're communicating with each other and we find each other again, then we're able to progress because I cannot progress if I do not have my partner. And if I lose my partner, you have to stay in place until you find each other. And once you find each other, then you're able to progress. So when I leave the second, the second room, I lose my partner. I don't know what happened, but I turned left and I don't know if they went right or if they're hung up behind me. So I, I stop and I scream, hey, where are you? Where are you? He's like, I'm here. I'm here. I go back. I find him. We're peachy king. Okay, we're going. As I'm feeling around, I have to go through and under a crawl space, let alone I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm at. I'm just feeling around stuff. As I get out of that crawl hole, I end up finding some, I end up hitting some stairs. So I'm already telling myself, okay, cool. I just hit stairs. I'm at the bottom of the stairs. So keep in mind that, like I said, this is a two struct, this is a two story rescue mission. So what does that mean? I have to go up the stairs. As I go up the stairs, I'm still following that, that hose. But what makes this evolution hard is that you have to do the exact same thing that you did on the first floor to the second floor. So what I have to do again, I had to follow that hose and it took me into a room. But for this room, I decided to stay on my right side. So I hugged the right side of the building or the, the right side of the room. Like I said, keeping my, my, I'm touching my wall, touching my partner, making sure he's behind me. And I'm feeling out around me to see if I can hit anything familiar that, that will kind of like trigger like a, a, a visualization of my brain of like what I'm actually hitting, right? So the room's empty. Go around the room, come back out. Cool. Find the hose, still have the hose. As I'm following this hose, I finally find my dummy. So as I find my dummy, I tell my partner, hey, I found him, I found him, give me a second. So what I have to do is I have to figure out a way to carry this dummy while crawling back down the stairs. So in my mind, I already have a vision of what I want to do with this dummy. So what I was going to do with this dummy was I was going to put the dummy on my back and wrap their arms in between my, my harness, which is supporting my SCBA. So I'll be able to just crawl with them on my back. So I, this is my plan, right? I don't have a plan B, don't have a plan C. My only plan is to put this person on my back or put this dummy on my back and, and get the fuck out of the building, right? So I feel on the left side, I find an arm. Perfect. Throw it over my back, shove the left arm into my harness. As I'm feeling for the right arm, I don't feel anything, like at all. So I'm, I'm like sitting here like, where's this arm? And I'm fidgeting around for looking for this arm and I never find one. So then I kind of start to panic a little bit because like I said, I don't have a plan B. I don't have a plan C. I just have a plan A, which is throw this person on my back, wrap their arms in my harness and get the fuck out of the building. So while this is happening, I can't, I, I just can't do what I wanted to do. So I have to just drag this dummy. As I'm about to drag the dummy and leave, 
the proctor hits me with the whammy. He goes, okay, switch roles. Now, who was firefighter two becomes lead firefighter and firefighter one who has the dummy becomes the follower. So now we just switch roles. As we switch roles, I notify my partner, I got the dummy, I'm touching you, let's go. As we go back to the stairs, we have to wait a little bit because he has to refine that hose that I, that I originally had. But what makes it difficult is that the hose that I had is called your attack line. We have to find the supply line. And the only way you can find a supply line is through one thing which is called a couplink. What a couplink is, is it's a, it's two, it's a male and female end of a hose that connects to make it one longer hose. And the way that you read couplinks is it's called smooth bump bump. And if you look at a couplink, there are two Higby indicators. And what a Higby indicator is, is it's basically just like you can line the cross threadings up and, and then thread them better. So that's a, that's an indicator, right? So he found the smooth bump bump. And there's a saying that it, you know you have the right hose because it goes smooth bump bump to the pump. And like I explained before, the supply line is connected to the hydrant, which is, or the apparatus, which is the pump. So he finds his hose. We follow this hose, and then we get to the top of the stairs to go back down. As we get to the top of the stairs to go back down, this alarm goes off, and it's just a, a loud alarm. And what that tell, tells me is that my air is very low. The only way that that air alarm goes off is if you're under 33%. So my low air alarm goes off. So right when I hear that noise, I instantly tell myself, oh shit, I don't have air, I need to get out of there. What made the matters worse was my proctor started screaming at me, you have eight minutes to get out of here or you're running out of air and you're, you're gonna die. That's basically what he tells me, right? So as he tells me that, I process that and I start to panic. So as I'm panicking, I like, we, we got to get out of here, right? I tell my partner, we need to leave. I don't have air. We get back down the stairs and I lose my partner at the base of the stairs. As I'm feeling for my partner, I'm screaming. I need you. I need you. Where are you? I don't know where you're at. He's making all these noise, all his gestures. He's kicking the floor, banging on walls. He's like, I'm over here. I'm over here. And I finally find him. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's, let's, let's fucking, let's get out of here. As I get down to the bottom of the stairs, I'm still trying to figure out how to drag this dummy along because let's, let's face it, crawling on your hands and knees and, and like tugging around something at 75 pounds, like through the ground and like just around you is, is very difficult. And then on top of that, like your own weight and then your equipment adds like an extra 50 to 80 pounds or whatever right so essentially i'm kind of just dragging around like 250 pounds of like personal mass and equipment and then i have to drag the 75 pound um body around so it's like putting a lot on my breathing stressing me out but i need to finish the mission right so as we go back down to the first floor he's he has he found the supply line or the supply hose and we're we're going out and I can't see anything because I'm completely blindfolded. 
But for the one time that I decided to look up, I see the light from the door, right? So I'm like, hey, I see the door, let's go. I tell my partner and we get to the door and we get stopped by the proctor. He goes, nope, this isn't the end of the evolution. You still need to follow that supply line around the building of the first floor and then you can leave. So after he tells me that, I'm really like hyped up. I'm starting to like hyperventilate. I'm sweating a lot. I'm breathing uh, like I'm expending a lot of air and my slow air alarm is going off again. And it's it's going to continuously go off until I turn off my, my breathing apparatus or I lose air completely. So I'm sitting here telling myself like, okay, like you can do this. You're fine. Don't worry. I, I tell my partner, hey, stop. I need to take some breaths so I can recollect myself. So I do just that. Recollect myself doesn't really help but I know that we're almost done with the mission. So we go through the, go to the hose and we go back through the first room that I, I went through originally when I first got in the building. This time we hang a right, stay on the right side of the wall. We go out together and we follow back in and then we go back. We end up hitting one of those huge kinks and those twists that I ran into the first time when I was the lead. So he's sitting there trying to figure out what is the right hose that he needs to follow so we can get out of there. He finally finds it. It's been a couple minutes. Finds it. Cool. We move on to the second to the second room. And as we go to the second room, he says, wait here. I'll search the room and I'll come back out. I said, all right, sounds good. Goes in there. I'm waiting by the door with the body. He goes in feels around the right side of the room, comes out, and says, I'm ready to go. So I said, okay. What I didn't know is that when he left the room, he went left, and I went right. And I lost him completely. And at this point, when I lose him, I'm, like, really, really pumped up. I'm, I'm just absolutely having a full-blown panic attack. As I lose him, I scream... I need you, I need you, where are you, I can't find you. And he's making all this noise, but in a heightened state that I, I currently was at, I could not hear him. So we're sitting there for a while screaming at each other, hey, where are you? He's like, I'm over here, I'm over here, come here. And in my mind, he said it to the right. So I turn to my right, and I go forward, and I hit my head going forward. So I tell myself, okay, there's a wall, turn to your left. I turn to my left, and I hit a wall. And then now I'm really telling myself, like, what, what is going on? Like, where am I? I have no clue what, what's going on. So then I back up, and I tell myself, okay, don't go forward because you just hit a wall. You cannot turn left because you hit a wall. So what, I, what do I do? I turn right. What happens? I hit a wall. And I hit the wall. And I'm, I, I like sit there and I start like panicking, like full ball panic. I'm panicking. I cannot find my partner. I have no idea where he's at. I keep calling out for him. Don't hear him. So I just, I just completely lost it. I just said, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. I ripped my mask off and instantly that's a fail because in a real life situation, if you take off your mask, what is essentially keeping you alive is your your breathing apparatus right because if i 
took off my mask and there's actual toxic fumes and gases and fires going on, I will die. Like instantly, not instantly, but like if I inhale anything, my lungs are jacked and I could potentially die either on the scene or en route to the hospital. So I rip off my mask and I just, I start screaming. I'm like, no, I can't believe I just did that. Like, I'm like sitting here screaming like, fuck, I feel like a failure. Like, I can't believe I just did that. And I turn around and my partner was literally two feet behind me, right in front of the door. And I just lose it. I just, I, I picked up the kid or I picked up the dummy, ran outside, threw it on the ground. I just completely shut down. And I like take off all my gear I, and I'm sitting there on the ground, just like screaming at myself. Like, I can't believe I did that. Like, I felt like a loser. And what really killed me was just to know that like, my partner was behind me, like two feet. He was arm's length away, and I, I was right there. And then what made it worse was just he was standing in front of the door, and I didn't even, like, I could have passed, and I just failed. So I'm sitting there by myself, just completely livid, and my chief comes up to me and goes, hey, like, what happened? And I told him what happened, and basically what happened was he went left, I went right, and me going right and going forward, I got caught under the stairs. So I got caught in a corner, so if I went straight, I would hit the corner. If I went left, I hit the bottom of the stairs, and if I would go back right, then I would hit the other corner of the stairs. So I was completely trapped, and all I had to do was just back out and turn around, and then my partner was right there. So I told him that. And he was like, it's okay, don't worry, like, it happens all the time. And I told him, like, I was like, no, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like to fail. Like, anyone that is okay with failing, that's not, that's not good, right? Like, you just, you don't take failures lightly. And what made this failure even more traumatizing to me was that I was, I was literally right there. Like, I could have successfully completed this mission if I just didn't panic and I, I told him that and he was like hey you know what like you're fine this is just your first time going through the course take a deep breath and and I couldn't calm myself down I told him I was like no like I I can't like I I need to do well like I can't I can't fail like that I can't panic like that that's not a time and a place to just panic and give up on yourself, which is essentially what I did. I gave up on myself, and he said, it's a good thing that you're this upset because it'll make you better in the long run. Just hearing that made my mindset change a little bit from being like critiquing myself and saying I'm a fuck up and I'm a failure to saying, you know what, he's right. I need to take this learning experience and make sure it never happens again. And that's exactly what I told him. I told him, I was like, hey, chief, I'm sorry I let you down. I'm sorry I didn't fulfill the mission. I'm sorry that I was halfway there, or more than halfway there, and I could have finished, but I just bitched out. So that, that day, I told him, I was like, hey, this is not going to happen again, and I'll do whatever I can to make sure this won't happen again. He said, that's the right mindset. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow. So that night, I didn't sleep. I just felt like a loser. I uh, <laughs> I texted my dad, and um, 
my dad's my best friend. Like, I tell him everything, everything that's ever going on in my life. He's the first person I call, first person I text, and he's always, always a voice of reason. And if you have someone like that in your life, hold on to them as much as you can. It doesn't even have to be a father figure. Um, could be anybody. could be your best friend, your mom, a dad, best friend, uncle, whoever. Whoever you really like look up to in your time of need for guidance, hold on to those people. And my dad just told me, he was just like, you know what, like, you know what you did wrong, you know what you need to improve, make sure it doesn't happen again. And I told him, I was like, I feel like a loser, like, I, I don't fail, and if I do fail, like, not like that, I don't just have a full-blown panic attack and give up on myself. And he told me, he was like, you know what, like, you're fine, failures happen, just learn from them. So that night, after I got off the phone with him, I watched a whole bunch of videos of other people failing, right? Not in a sadistic way, as in, like, haha, he failed too, like, I'm not alone. That guy's a shitter just like I am. But more of like a teaching moment as in like they failed and then they explained why they failed. And it made me realize that I'm not the only person that will go through this experience. I'm not the only person that gave up on themselves. I'm not the only person that had a panic attack. And that I'm just not alone in my own failures because it's a it's a open open failure that happens to a lot of people so what I learned from that and what learned from those videos was I learned that people fail also but I also learned how to cope with not panicking or feeling claustrophobic because that's essentially what happened to me is I got I started hyperventilating which is if you don't control your breathing and no matter what you do in your life you will start to escalate and you'll start to like go further and further into the nether and you will not be able to bring yourself back and once you get to that point that's it like your body just shuts down and you cannot recover which is exactly what happened to me so a couple of the tips that i found out is that i need to keep my diaphragm open when i'm performing firefighter tactics what that does is that allows you to fully expand your lungs take deeper and stronger breaths and be able to hold your breath for three to four seconds and then release. And just by like practicing those breathing techniques, what, three to four weeks later, I'm a lot better at doing those evolutions. I don't panic as much. I know that as long as I do the proper training, I will be able to do it. And that's essentially what it is. The more you train at something, the more that you push yourself, and the more that you tell yourself you can do it, you will be able to do it. And it all also comes down to just being able to train your mind. If you can learn to train your mind to do extraordinary things, you will be able to do extraordinary things without even thinking about it. You will be able to achieve so many things if you just completely take out the human factor of failing, right? Because, like, failing is a part of life. You will always fail. But you need to be able to pick yourself up from those failures and learn from those failures. And what I learned from that failure 
is that I don't need to panic because there's no there's no reason to panic. There's nothing worse than having a firefighter who's supposed to save you who's panicking just as bad as you're panicking, right? It's counterproductive. It just wouldn't work. So I told myself after that day, right? I would train, I would practice, I would get better at it. And that's exactly what I did. And what really, like, hit me hard with this one was that, like, I've never really experienced panicking like that. And if I did experience panicking, it was it was only, like, very minor. Kind of like, oh, like, I have a test today and I didn't really study. And I'm kind of, like, anxious and, like, panicking because I should have studied kind of thing. But, like, this one was, like, real life. Like, I, I thought I could do it and I, I didn't do it. I thought I could take myself out of these dark, dark thoughts that I had throughout that whole entire scenario. And I couldn't. It was a lot of human error that I did that looking back on it, I could have prevented if I just knew better. And I also found out that I'm my biggest critic. And I always say that, and I completely mean it, that you can never shit on me as much as I shit on myself. You can sit there and make jokes about me all day, never gets under my skin, won't get me mad. But once I start really like nitpicking my own self is when I really start to see my own flaws. And it's a bad mindset to have, but it's also a really good mindset because you all, you will always be pushing your own self. And I, I preach being yourself a self-critic because if you can't push yourself and push yourself to do things that you don't want to do or be able to block out emotions that you don't need or they're not the proper time to, to feel those emotions, then getting advice from someone telling you how to do it, it doesn't matter because if you can't apply that, if, if you can't apply your own thinking to it, then I don't want to hear other people's advice because I just know deep down inside it's not going to work for me, right? So that was like one of the very first hard failures that I had. And another thing that really like got to me too was that I was watching other people panic but still fulfill the mission. But I was one of the only people to panic, give up, and quit. Those are the three things that I, I would never think that would happen to me. And it, it happened to me. I don't panic and I panicked, right? I don't quit on myself and I quit on myself. And I quit on myself hard. And in a, in a team setting, in a brotherhood or sisterhood that you're trying to be a part of in a group like that, you're not just letting yourself down. You're letting your partner down. You're letting your team down. And if that was a real-life fire, I would be letting down the rescuee that I was trying to rescue. So these, all these variables, all these thoughts, all these things have been building in my brain. And, and I need to just be a better person. I need to be able to do the job. And if I can't do the job, then this isn't the job that I should be doing. But it's hard to tell yourself that when you love what you do. Like being in this in this fire academy, like I love it. Like I, I love the thrill of not knowing what we're going to be doing. I love the emotions building up to these type of scenarios that you have to prove to yourself that you can do it. 
Because at the end of the day, you have people counting on you. But if you can't count on your own self, then you're, you're a failure. That's just how I look at it. It's a fucked up way to think, but that's just how I look at it. And... Yeah, it's, uh... <laughs> that was a rough day. And I've had multiple rough days. And we'll talk about them all. But that was one of those days that really, like, made me rethink everything. Because I talked about it before, and training your mind to do certain things is a lot harder than you think it is. You can tell yourself, oh, you know, if I was in that situation, this is what I would do. This is how I would handle it. Oh, you handle it like that? Oh, well, you should have did it this way. And then you get put in that scenario, and in the heat of the moment, all those thoughts, all those pre-planning, all that stuff just goes out the window because you're just in full-blown panic. And I had to learn the hard way. But I'm so happy that I learned that way because it made me a better person. It taught me how to retrain my mind to do certain things. And I haven't had to retrain my mind in a really long time. And it's a beautiful challenge that I'm faced with each and every day. And I look forward to training my mind because your mind is a muscle. I mean, obviously it's not a muscle, but like you can train it, right? You can train it through breathing techniques you train it through just different thinking. You can shut your brain off and just do your task and not let your human factors get into it. It's just The brain is so complex, but it's such a beautiful thing. And you're just able to, if you get to that point where you can manipulate your own thoughts, manipulate your own, own emotions, and start blocking out certain things, your life will be so much better. But yeah, that's uh, that was my first rescue mission, and the status was a failure. On a broader note, we're back to doing podcasts. Woo! Stay tuned for the next one. Thank you so much for letting me rant. I hope my failure makes you see that firefighting is very hard. Show some respect when respect is due. Thank you so much. See you guys in the next one.